Hello everyone and welcome back to the Ishan Shastri podcast. My name is Cameron and this week I am joined by the scrumptious Mr. Anshuman Shastri. How are we, Ash? Hello, hello, my dear friend. We have so many exciting news to share this week. I'm doing absolutely fine. How about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fine, thank you. It's It's been a long minute since we last saw each other, last spoke, and for that we can only apologise. There was supposed to be another episode, things went wrong, life is tough. Uh, but we are back and we're back with a vengeance. Why are we back? Well, we're famous. We've made the big time, we're ready to retire, we've been featured in the Indian press. Ash, you obviously understand this a bit better than me. Uh, take us through uh, why we are now A-list celebrities. Well, we we found this. Uh, we got this uh, newfound uh, fame with a podcast when uh, one of the prominent newspapers of our region, that is in Hindi, of course, uh, called Dainik Bhaskar, they approached me saying that we are doing a piece on the podcasters in the region, and we got to know about your podcast, and we are quite impressed by your work. So we would wanna have some coverage and uh, have a telephonic interview. Did they say how they found out about us? Well, they did not. I think there must have there must be some must have been some word of mouth. Mm. And what do you mean by like how mm. they found out we are famous in this part of the world? It's true. People Honestly, whenever I come to India, people just they don't leave me alone whenever I'm in India. Ash. Yeah. I'm I'm bigger than Sharat Khan. You of course are. he he he's a, he's a tiny entity that's for sure. So what happened? The lady working for that newspaper, she gave me a call. We had a good 15-20 minutes discussion on how a podcast uh, operates, why we started and how we have been going on and how it was dedicated mm. to the fond memories of Ishan. So, Yes, I was, ho- I was hoping you were going to say that because potentially we may have one or two new listeners to the podcast following uh, the article in, in the paper. And for those who have just joined us, uh, welcome. But also, maybe Ash, if you could explain what this podcast is about, why obviously it's named the Ishan Shastri podcast, um, and give us um, a little, uh, yeah, a little background. Yeah, so uh, we started this podcast uh, as a long-standing tribute to my younger brother Ishan Shastri who was an avid cricket fan. Uh, he was uh, a dedicated and a hardcore cricket lover and uh, a dear friend and brother and son and whatnot to everyone around. But unfortunately, COVID uh, stuck our family back in 21. And I uh, lost uh, my father and Ish in a span of two weeks. So him being such an avid cricket fan and we being in the middle of uh, an IPL season when it got uh, it, it got paused for a short while, he was utterly disappointed and I couldn't get those words of his about the postponement of IPL out of my head. So we kept on thinking, deliberating as to like how and what we could do to honor his memory. And uh, Cameron has been working on some form of podcast uh, about football, that is. So he mm-hmm. proposed me that why don't we like try and uh, move towards a, cr- a cricket-related podcast dedicated to Ish. 
So we started somewhere around December in 21, where we discussed some uh, cricket-related stories of Ish and uh, how much he loved the sport and how much uh, we all loved him. Mm. So those were the the beginnings that we had, and uh, over the course of uh, course of past year and so, we have had uh, several discussions about. Uh, Ish his uh, cricketing exploits, his cricketing exploits uh, in Kent, in India, and elsewhere. Along with uh, our cricketing stories and histories, we added a, a member to our team uh, named Mr. Mm-hmm. Jesse Mills. We discussed and deliberated about uh, all the cricket that's happening around the world. We even started adding some polls. We have added quite a bit but then uh, everything that we have done is uh, basically to honor his uh, lovely memory to have him in our memories and to keep on discussing about uh, uh, the beautiful person he was yeah no well said ash for our new listeners and and our old ones give us a a memory of ish uh, cricketing or non cricketing to uh, yeah for us to enjoy I think cricketing one would be more relevant to what we usually do. So uh, sure. we have had uh, discussions on his uh, exploits while playing a game with uh, uh, several donkeys, with uh, some car hitting a friend of his, with um, playing in Kent. Those are some things that we discussed. Mm-hmm. But then one funny thing that we missed out was. Uh, about the game in which he injured his wrist. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you weren't playing in that game. I was away. You, you, you were yeah. away. Yeah. So it was at a very, like you know, those uh, unpleasant grounds in uh, the middle of nowhere, which has like which is right next yes. to a road, and they don't have a side screen. Yeah, there's too many of those to count in village cricket. So yeah. Yeah. So we started the game, and they kind of uh, batted us out of it. They batted really well. But then uh, on uh, one of those occasions with Ish showing his uh, jaunty-esque fielding exploits. <laughs> it's jaunty athleticism, yeah? <laughs> yeah, and exploits. Like he had to move like half a foot to his right and he managed to fall over and injure his wrist. <laughs> That's how he got injured. So uh, to all our listeners though, like for all the love we have for him, I think we can proudly cl- claim that he was... Disgusting, disgusting fielder. Oh, one of the worst. <laughs> I remember you saying, like, yes, he's not the most athletic, but, you know, he's got great hands. Stick him in at first slip. <laughs> I've never seen a man look less likely to take a catch or even when the ball <laughs> rebounded off him, go and get that ball. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> and also, may I add, he he was an amazing cricketer. Uh a very stylish player and I do and I I bet that he was a decent bowler in this time but I remember I was skipping a game and you came up to me and pestered me saying look he is a really good off spinner and I bowled him twice and in both games we were cruising those games and for some reason and I'm not going to throw all shade at him but as soon as he came on that tide turned and I think both games it was run rate of over 11-12 and over when he was bowling so Batsman, extraordinaire. Fielder, uh, non-existent. Uh, and bowler, he he was a, 
yeah, he he was a no. He was a good bowler, just over too slow. I think he was just too slow. Um, and obviously there was no turn on these wickets, but yeah. No, but I w- but great. I, w- man. I would say that his his bowling was uh, way better a few years ago. He right. He sounds like someone else I know. Yeah. Like with him, it the thing was that he used to come on when teams used to be like. 80 for one after 12 or something like that. They would have been cruising and then he would come right. on and then just rip through oppositions. Right. And Is it in India? In India. And his slowness was in yeah. fact his weapon because at times he could turn big and then uh, the next one he would bowl something that just goes straight on. So he was quite lethal that way. Now, uh, coming back to the game I was discussing. So he mm-hmm. injured himself and then uh, uh, he told me that it was aching and then I applied some uh, spray on his wrist and he was not sure whether to bat or not. And then him being that wristy player he was, he said that, okay, I'll go out and bat, but I won't play a flick shot. Like Sachin. Yeah. Refusing to play the cover drive. Yeah. Third ball on his pads. Yeah. Flicked <laughs> over mid-wicket for four. And the moment he hit that ball, he looks at me, starts shaking his head. <laughs> and he was in absolute agony. But then uh, I knew that uh, the moment he said that he won't play flick shots, I knew he was going to play too many. But despite that, mm. and uh, getting hit uh, twice on his thighs, thrice on his shoulders, he continued batting in that game, scored like 47, 48 odd. The only unfortunate incident was that he couldn't uh, get to his 50. Otherwise, yeah. no yeah. one uh, in that ground deserved a 50 more than him that day. So that was one uh, absolutely fond memory. And uh, the day when we went back home, I reenacted his injury moment at least like 200 million times or something. Because that was that was so- well, I'm sure he that was something he enjoyed that, yeah. he absolutely did. Yeah. No, uh, wonderful, wonderful to hear stories of him. And and you you shall if you are just joining hear a lot more over uh, each episode. Shall we move on to the cricket or anything else to say? Well, we have been sharing a lot of his stories, some of them good, like the one today, which was not uh, so good at him, not so good to him. So mm-hmm. let's end it on a happy note for him about uh, how he he started his career as someone who only knew how to just block a cricket ball. So he, he mm-hmm. would just open the innings and uh, bat out the overs. Like yeah. absolute dead bat who can just uh, maybe late cut or flick a few few of them. Mm-hmm. But with that, he would bat out like days. We would have days cricket here and he would be like 27 not out at the end of the day without mm-hmm. giving a single chance. And over the years, he developed some some strokes. And uh, when he became a full-fledged batsman, he was absolutely lethal. I remember one game in which uh, I, I guess I wasn't playing. I injured myself or something. So I was being one of the arms for that game. I remember him hitting five fours in the first over. And mm-hmm. four of them were flick shots. So the, the opposition captain, he put one uh, fine leg, uh, which was quite square. A guy behind square, a guy in front of square, and a very short mid-wicket as well. And he still managed to caress that gap three, uh, thrice in that same over. Extraordinarily gifted batsman was your brother. 
Um, I had the pleasure of batting with him a number of times. Oh yes, and, oh uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and he he even told me that he quite enjoyed batting with you as well. It was it it, it, it it was easy business. He said that he talks a lot, but then it's it's quite fun batting with him. He said that I talk a lot. Yeah. Oh, the scoundrel! <laughs> no, I don't talk. Unbelievable rumors. Very rude rumors. No, I, I'm a very cool dude when I bat, as you know. No, but the thing is, no, but the thing is that he has batted with me, who just like barely talks. He just uh, just gets on with the game, and that's it. You remember mm-hmm. like us playing? Like you keep on telling me about what that bowler is going to do, how it's going to be, what's going to be like, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's see. I'm just gonna go over the other end, bat and see what they're going to do. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Yeah. In the in between overs, you've got a few options. Do you want to have a discussion with with your uh, other batsman, or do you want, if you are to have a discussion about it with him, is it about the tactic of the game, what the bowl is like, or would you rather just never, don't even exude any energy of walking to the other end, just stay at each other's end, don't even worry about talking to them? What would be your preference? I think. Some discussion should be there, whether it's cricketing or not. That's an entirely different thing altogether. Yeah. Mm. I think that's the best, by the way. Hmm. Well, we batted so much together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we 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 didn't even like need to discuss much. Like we would say, okay, uh, are we seeing three hundred? So we would say like three hundred, three hundred. Yep, and then mm. let's go and let, we we would get three hundred. I enjoy those years. I've I've forgotten what it's like yeah, to yeah. be so confident that we're just not going to get out here. Yeah. And oh, ha- what what score do we want? Okay, we can pretty much get there. And there's yeah. there was only a handful of ta- times, like literally once or twice, where one of us didn't go on to succeed if not both of us and that was a that was a good time for us and the club and unfortunately you are no longer part of that team we need you back desperately uh, i'll be trying my best now i have given you that good news of uh, a potential return being around the corner at some point exactly what i'm hoping people is that this podcast gets so big that we're earning so many millions we can re-sign ashwin on a permanent basis that's what i want uh, let, let's make that happen. Um, shall we get on to the cricket? Yep. All right then. Well, let's discuss. There's been so much, people. We know we've missed a lot. Uh, we're going to try and round up like three key areas we think since we last spoke right. uh, to you all. Uh, let's start with, I guess, one that would have been dearest to Ishan's heart, which is the Border Gavaskar Trophy going on at the moment. Uh, Australia versus India in India. Bearing in mind, annoying, I know everyone, we are recording this after day three of the final test and this will probably go out just after the conclusion. So we don't know exactly the result. We can give you our thoughts up until this point. Uh, today, I believe Shimon Gill got a lovely ton. Uh, Kohli got back to some form. Jar looked uh, half decent. I don't know what you found about this wicket, Ash. It's it's a fill your boots wicket. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on... Of the whole series up to this point, it's currently 2-1 India. India blew Australia out of the water with spin in the first two tests and then kind of got the same treatment back in the third. So it's 2-1 and it's pretty evenly placed at this point during this test. Well, honestly speaking, the state of the Indian wickets have been absolutely diabolical. Uh, 
like it's not just uh, the turn part but then it's also the quality of the turn the way the game has progressed mm. like i am all in for three day games when uh, the wicket is quality and the bowling teams is just too good to handle too good yeah 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 but if you have turning tracks on which uh, you are kind of like basically taking the top layer off yeah it becomes so crusty and crumbly then it is not good for cricket and mind you this indian team does not have adequate batting to be able to challenge a team on a more competitive indian wicket like we can see in this case in this, this particular test. game yeah 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 like we used to have uh, the indian team from uh, the early 2000s 2000 2000s and 2010s Mm-mm. when uh, the wickets used to be like highly competitive the games used to be used to go to day 4 at the very least and if not then day 5 we used to have like we used to have absolute roads on the first 3 days and then uh, turners on day 4 and 5 but the difference is ash you had a team in that era which the top order comprised of dravids tendulkars laxmans bankers you know where you didn't need to concern yourself okay you knew that you could post 400 on those first innings totals and then use the back two days use your advantage with spin whereas now you kind of have to hope your spin just drives you to victory from the very off uh and i i assume it would be you guys versus australia in the world test championship final over here uh i'll be honest with you i do not see that being pretty for australia not with this australian team not without bumra uh not on an english deck i think bad times could be upon you uh as this test has proven you you get a, t- a bit more of a dull wicket uh not spin friendly uh and this australia side pile on the runs uh how impressed have you been i i've been with this australian side because the first mm-hmm. two tests i think have been a bit unfair on them i'm not biggest australia fan but i i do think the wickets were let's say tough very tough very foreign to them they were they, they were tough yeah for anyone to be honest for anyone, not just yeah them. because none of for the anyone, indian yeah. batsmen looked particularly good on them but yeah. there's one man who i think has really come out of this as a newfound hero he was already one after his last year but usman khawaja how impressive has he been well more more than superb he has been so watchable he looks so calm and composed yeah and like i think i have hardly enjoyed any Overseas batter, just as much I've enjoyed him. I feel sick saying this, Ash, but you, yeah. ah, this oh, I do actually. I might throw up. Not the gracefulness of his batting, but his temperament and his demeanor at the wicket reminds me of you. And I feel sick saying it. <laughs> Whereas my demeanor is more Steve Smith, just grabbing every part of my body while I bat yeah. um, and twitching around. But no, uh, you, you in your zone are more like Usman. No, he's been he's been superb. I I've been surprised been superb, yeah. by I thought we would have seen more from Labashain, I'll be honest. Yes, he he has been a disappointment lately, yeah. And and let's give Australia some credit. That side got smashed in the first two tests. The whole squad, you know, being like reshuffled oddly, you know, uh, Kuhnman coming in, Warner getting injured, dropping out of the p- sad news about Pat Cummins. Um this squad is not the settled side that it has been when it plays in Australia for 2 years and it's the same 11 every game. It's been chopping and changing and then it's come out in these last two tests and in my view has been uh, really impressive. Who Okay, let's go back to India. Other than the two spinners, who's impressed you most? I think it has to be Shubman. How many has he played the last two? Last two, yeah. 
obviously his ton in this first innings, he does look good and he looks a darn sight better than KL Rahul. Well, uh, he was replacing KL Rahul, so anything he would have done would have been an upgrade to what uh, KL would have KL was up to. Yeah. But then he has looked solid. He has looked calm, composed. And like this year, he has seen some form as well. So he's making the most of it. That has been good to see. And he's good to watch. Good to watch as well. The biggest disappointment for me from the Indian side has been KS Bharat. I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling you were going to say that, yeah. And uh, like, I'm not even counting KL Rahul as a disappointment because he has been disappointment for quite a some time. Harsh, but now, true. now for the uh, Australian side, for this side, I thought uh, David Warner would probably make a difference, and so would uh, Pat Cummins. Mm. He was extremely uh, unimpressive and uninspiring as a leader. I think they needed a brain like uh, Smudgy to actually rattle this Indian side. And I think in, even in this game, uh, where it stands, unless uh, the Australians have a massive collapse, I don't see them uh, losing the game uh, from this position. I don't either. Because I would expect India to score at least uh, 200 more as a bare minimum. Mm. That would that would take another 60, 70 overs out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, draw is most likely at this point. Draw is most likely, yeah. But I guess we'll have to see. Any other comments about the Border Kavaska trophy? Well, uh, one uh, fun thing about that, 2013, I think it was, the Boragavska Trophy when India won 4-0 and we gave Aussies the absolute rank turners. Mm. Like, uh, in that series, we like we should not be doing that anymore. But uh, me, our father and Ish, we used to follow that series quite a lot. And then I think... Maybe a year or two down the line, one of the TV channels, they used to show like a ball by ball of like uh, every test, uh, every test, like a repeat telecast sort of a thing. Yeah. And we used to stay up till like uh, three, four at night just to watch uh, those highlights. And maybe like we used to like just like wake each other up and call each other up when Phil Hughes used to come to bat because he had a horrid time playing in that series. Like I think in, in one of the games, he uh, got bounced out by Ravi Ashwin because of something <laughs> that, that was that was something hilarious to see. And we used to stay up till three to watch that far. So, Boragauska trophies used to be fun. I remember like uh, early 21 when we won that uh, Boragauska trophy in, uh, Australia. in Australia, a final game. I remember sitting in that exact, this, uh, this very spot watching the whole day's play. And the games used to start at like 5.30 or Indian local time. Mm. So uh, my father was here by five and uh, me and Ish were up, up in like the next few minutes and we were like absolutely buzzing to witness the games. And then the moment the Rishabh Panth hit a winning stroke, yeah, I remember us uh, jumping in joy and dancing like and just like, making a big huddle and jumping around as uh, we could witness uh, the celebrations. Oh, that, that was fun times. That sounds good. It was, it, it was superb. So like Boragowska Trophy, like it seems to have a bit of edge about it. So that uh, kind of gives you that uh, much of uh, fun and flair that you would want out of a series. And I would have loved uh, this Australian side to be 
a little more competitive from the first game itself. I don't know about you, but it hasn't felt as spicy between the two sides as it has done when you were in Australia. Well, they all want their IPL contracts, don't they? Well, that's true. <laughs> that is the most important thing. Like I haven't been, I haven't seen Pajara being peppered constantly on the shoulder. Uh, I know it's uh, different wickets, but I thought there'd be a bit more spice from the Australian side. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah. Because Australians haven't even like played uh, that many fast bowlers, and they haven't even tried the that sort of uh, a gameplay. In all honesty, like they they brought this absolutely unknown entity called Todd Murphy. Like I hadn't even heard of his name. Like and Mad Man all, Murphy. And, and honestly speaking, his first class record is average to say the least. He's done okay. He's done all right. Like of course, like everyone gets Kohli out, so that's not a big deal. But then, <laughs> having said that, he has been okay. But I'm more impressed with the this the other guy, Kuhneman. I love Kuhneman. Brisbane heats Kuhneman. What a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've known about him for years. It's suffering with the Brisbane Heat. Uh, yeah, he's done really well. And I'm not surprised because you need a left-arm spinner in in, uh, in India. Yeah. I thought they were going to come in with uh, someone like Lloyd Pope or something. No, he's he's not in the pit. He, you know he played for Canterbury this year. Is he? he or last year he played for Canterbury. Oh, he did. Yeah. I thought he was... He was uh, in like Australian contention, I don't know what happened to him. Like I thought they would they would bring him or like Mitch Swepson or something, but then they didn't. Yeah, not. Swepson. I think Swepson is on the bench, isn't he? Anyway, let's get the pain, the pain, but also the remarkableness of we wanted to talk about England v New Zealand, the Test series, and more specifically that Test match, not the one where we won, the one where we lost by one run after inserting them uh, for the follow-on. As a neutral, Mr. Shastri, I'm really intrigued to hear your takes on the game. Are you laughing at England? Are you saying, what a spectacle? Are you saying England cricket, England uh, basketball is the best thing to happen to test cricket since Shane Warne? What are you saying? Well, firstly, the saddest part about all this, like we don't get uh, the New Zealand cricket live on Indian television anymore. So I have to find some ways to watch it whenever I want to. Mm, sad. Now, having, sa- having said that, New Zealand cricket, or like cricket happening in New Zealand rather, is uh, perhaps uh, the most uh, watchable entity when it comes to test cricket. Because you see green top wickets and then you see teams scoring four or five hundred uh, in, in, in a single in single day, whatever. Now, having said that, this... Brendan McCallum guy has made Test cricket watchable again. He's saving the sport. He's saving the sport. He did that with New Zealand. He brought the flair back to that side and now he's doing it to this England side. So that is uh, absolutely commendable. The brand of cricket the English side is playing. Mm. Like he has taken the the winning or losing out of this equation. Like this English side has become uh, such an entity that people have started to feel that, oh, winning and losing, it simply does not matter. Like, all it matters is that we are entertaining the crowd and we are taking the game fast forward. Yeah. Now, in the game, uh, England became a tad too complacent. Yes. New Zealand is perhaps playing the worst possible brand of cricket and uh, something which is very non-New Zealand-like, if I may call it that. 
well, Brendan McCull- post Brendan McCullum, unlike because before they were, they were like they have been, but McCullum obviously changed them. Uh, I agree. I remember I watched the moment where we enforced the follow on, and I thought, and this isn't even in hindsight at the time. I I didn't really understand with the bowlers we have being as aged as wonderful as they are, but as aged as they are, I think giving them the extra uh, time off, the pitch was turning. You know, have a go at New Zealand. It, maybe the last five sessions uh, would have been suffice, but um, alas, we did not, and we paid for it. But amazing innings from Kane Williamson getting back to some form. Uh, there was good contributions from the top, Leif and Conway. Blundell, I think, again, probably got some runs he always seems to against us. Uh, they were impressive, and you have to hats off to them. Tim Southey is such a wonderful test bowler. It really is uh, remarkable how how good he is uh, the ball the one really get, he's got this natural shape away from the right handers but he's i don't know if he's recently developed it or if i've just started to take note where he scrambles the seam and it really does move off the deck back into the right handers and it's like caught a few batsmen off guard taking their off peg i i love tim salvi i think he's superb now, he has had that delivery for like uh since forever really like he yeah, has always he has always done that that scramble seam one it has started to nip more. That's for that's one thing for sure. Mm. It is nipping back in a lot more than what it used to. I guess we should say I about think- that last innings where of England's when we required two fifty two yeah two yeah something like that two fifty something yeah. Well, actually, Zach, who's the one person coming out of this series again with a question mark? It seems every series he comes out with a question mark above his head. Uh, but he plays one innings and it looked like he might, but then he fell for like 27, something like that. Duckett went the next morning playing uh, a cut shot, which he's been really superb at. Uh, and then the, uh, Pope got out a little after that. And the big moment, Donald Bradman reincarnated the, if Baz Ball is saving test cricket, Harry Brook is here to take over cricket. Harry Brook has been an absolute marvel uh, since he's made his England Test debut. Uh, and then what happens? It gets run out without facing a ball. Not ideal. Joe Root tries to rectify the situation with a brilliant 95, uh, although I still don't really forgive him for running out uh, Harry Brook. Uh, and then it gets all the way. Slowly, slowly, we're chugging away at the runs. And somehow we find ourselves with Jack Leach and James Anderson requiring to win the game was it like six runs seven runs i'm not sure seven runs seven runs yeah and james anderson plays one of the greatest pull shots the game of cricket has ever seen straight through williamson's hands four runs two needed to win one to draw and the most blatant of wides uh from mr neil wagner was not given uh, and of course, the inevitable, which only in cricket this would happen, the inevitable when everyone's feeling a bit salty about the lack of a wide decision given, James Anderson gets out. Did he get out caught down the leg side? He got out caught down the leg side, which, which was yeah, oh my God. At, which was at least six to eight inches away from his body. So he could have just like let, let it go, uh, which probably may have deflected off the keeper's gloves. Yeah. I saw a thing recently that his, you know, his 80 against you guys. Yeah. That is his only 50 in any form of cricket. We're talking kids cricket in like the park for a school. Any <laughs> form of cricket. He's only at 150 <laughs> and it was 80 against India. Well, I love that. Shows how, uh, shows how good a bowling has been over the uh, years. Wonderful. But I, 
I found it really hard to be listening to Ben Stokes being like, look, we're sad we lost, but we're, you know, basically, if you read between the lines, he was saying, we're saving Test cricket. You don't have to thank us, everyone. And it was a spectacle. And I did enjoy it, but my God, boys, if you make the same kind of complacent errors against the Aussies in the Ashes this summer, I will not be a happy bunny. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's kick on because I really wanted to talk about this because we've, we've missed out on it and it's just so wonderful to see how this is flourishing. And that is the women's game. Let's start with the Women's World Cup that finished a couple of weeks back where Australia inevitably, it seems, won, I think, their sixth World Cup. They've, like, double-hat-tricked it, uh, beating South Africa yep, in the yep, final yep. in South double Africa. Yeah. But I'm more interested in talking about Harpreet Kaur's uh, running. Uh, that's, what, that's the main takeaway I had from the World Cup, uh, other than how dominant... Uh, the Australian women are how I don't know. Did you catch the match? I actually watched the semi final between Australia and India. Australia hitting 170 odd, which looked a big total at the time. Uh, and India coming out losing uh, Mandanda pretty early on, which was a huge blow. Uh, I think both openers went quite early. Then you had Jemima Rodriguez and Har- Am I pronouncing this right? Harpreet Kaur? Harman Preet Kaur. Harman Preet Kaur. Harman, Harman. They looked superb. Yes. And uh, they took the game away from Australia for a time. And then even when Jemima Rodriguez fell to a bit of a complacent shot herself, it, the, it seemed that the momentum carried on going until one fateful moment when when Kaur's running between the wickets, easily cruising to a, uh, an easy two, the bat gets stuck in the ground. Has this ever happened to you, Ash? Well, it can happen, but it only happens when you are absolutely ignorant while batting. Because yes. otherwise, even if you are like jogging in, mm. you would simply just like plant your bat inside the crease and then just keep running. So you agree with Elisa Healy when she came out and was quite, she was quite bashful about being like, didn't feel sorry for core. I'm with the, with Healy on that one because you cannot be that stupid and then uh, claim all the brownie points and all the sympathies. Like yeah. she was being uh, ignorant, she took it too lightly, yeah. And uh, basically, her run out costed us the game, along with some horrendous uh, death over bowling. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and your fielding was terrible. In India, Indian fielding was uh, at par with like some young school level cricketers. Yeah, yeah that yeah. like Australia looks so much more professional than most outfits. I think England are getting close to it. I was quite just. I watched. I don't know if you caught the South Africa India uh, South Africa England semi final. Semi I did. I did. Yeah. England went into it being pretty strong favourites. I would say because they'd been so strong in the group stage, and I was superbly impressed with uh, the way that South Africa came out with the bat. Um, some of their Laura Volva Volva Volford. Bloody, I, her shots over cover. They were like yours, Ash. A superb lofted uh, cover drives. Marisine Cap. She's a, a really solid player and love Ishmael with the ball. Uh, she showed up. So, so they dumped us out in front of a, a big home crowd, which was just brilliant to see how post. I, I, South African cricket, I'm I'm hoping, is getting a little injection. You know, po- post SA20, the success there, and then the female, uh, the Women's World Cup, which did really well. It kind of was fitting that the final had South Africa in it against the almighty Australia. And sad to say, well, 
You know, they are just the best. I've seen some talk about them being not just the best like cricketing female team, but being one of the best sports teams of all time. If you look at their success, the Australian women's cricket team, and compare it to other dominant sports teams, it is beyond nearly everyone else. How they've been overlooked for some awards is beyond me, because this is the most dominant sports team I can think of. If anyone can think of anyone better, uh, please please write into us, because I, I don't know. Cricketing or other sporting-wise. I think they are like the women's cricket equivalent of what the great uh, West Indian side was. The the All Blacks, the All Blacks, yeah. the the, yeah, yeah. the the Real Madrid, the Galactic, uh, not the Galacticos, like the which period of Real Madrid? I guess is what I'm. At. I think the like they have had like seven or eight of them, like early fifth, early to mid fifties, mm-hmm. then Just again guess, in the seventies, yeah. then nineties. Uh, with Di Stefano and then um, others, and then like uh, now with Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. they had a very successful phase. But I'm loving that like All Blacks shout. I think All Blacks are still slightly ahead in comparison, but I still don't like know. Uh, they've won six World Cups in a row. Ash, that's mental. But the thing is, uh, they may not have won that many games. All Blacks they had a record that at some point in time they hadn't lost a game in like. Thousand days, that is almost three years. That's true. I, I think they're they're remarkable, to be honest. And like I said, the professionalism, the, the fielding, the fearlessness with the bat, and they're very clever. They're very clever. I think, let's just say, let's just like uh, not pit them against each other and just like simply stand up and applaud the superb work all these teams have put through over the years. Yeah. I sure. think it would be injustice to all of them for... Uh, rookies like us to be like uh, even like giving it a comparison of any sort I, what do you think I don't know I feel like I'm in the best position to do it because of my expertise in all of those subjects and sports anyway let's go to the women's IPL the WPL yeah yeah I'm very interested to hear how it's gone down in India um, because for me it's such a positive thing these girls are going to become household names. Uh, how how has it been, you know, perceived and taken in India? Would you say, Ash? Well, I think I'll uh, take you a bit back to January when uh, at our university hosted an invitational cricket tournament where we had uh, four teams from different parts of uh, our country come over and play a cricket tournament. It was a performance T20 tournament and it, it felt so sporty and competitive. Like you could actually feel the buzz being created for the WPL even before it began. Mm, super. And uh, the best part was that we had a side which has been like without a doubt the best fielding side I've ever seen. I saw one of the girls dive backwards and... Uh, full stretch to take a, a catch while running back from, from extra cover. Yeah. So she ran back and dived backwards full stretch and took a catch. She should be in the Indian team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a few of the players, uh, they actually looked so class. Like there was one uh, player that uh, played in that tournament. She was, in fact, among the players who were auctioned for the Women's uh, Premier League for WPL. Wow. Did she get picked up? Yes. No, she didn't. But then uh, still, like, getting into that list is a big deal in itself. Absolutely, yeah. 
and i saw her play in that tournament and she has been uh, a delight to watch on the field what you say like she had the perfect body language for what uh, a professional cricketer should be like her demeanor the way she carried herself the way she controlled the game the way she batted in different situations within a game like it was all superb to watch and i became a fan of her like in the way she played like i'll give her a shout out her name was tamanna nigam well we should remember that name yep i think her name is worth remembering and uh, i wish nothing but the best for her now from then to come to the wpl i think they missed a trick by adding a sixth team to this foray because now it has become like it is half ipl half any random kukuruku teams which are like owned by some uh, rich big shots which with no like foundation or base at all i think they could they could have simply offer the teams to the ipl teams first mm. like we have the mumbai's and the delhi's and uh, the rcb b- but then the other two they are kind of like uh, not being up to the mark if i may say that yeah i am sad not to see a chennai side i'll be honest with you i really wanted a chennai side but having having said that i think we can take a moment to laugh at how ridiculous all the rcb teams are that does fill me with joy i'm glad that that stretches across both genders uh yeah. uh yes I, i think i think the the only reason why the, the rcb owners bought uh, a second team was uh, just because you cannot have two shitty teams there will have to be one team which is the worst of the lot so invariably one of them would end up becoming the second worst and uh, they would kind of save a bit of face in doing so like i saw one of the games like a girl ran over she slipped and as she was slipping the ball went under her and it went for four oh we've all done that but yeah no it's funny rcb but getting back to my question as how is it being taken in india well honestly it hasn't picked up as much as we thought it would like oh, we are having shame. some some crowds uh, in the stadium but then a game like delhi capitals mumbai or like rcb mumbai would still pull a lot of crowd but then uh, as they don't have a base uh, of any sort mm. the gujarat giants and up wizards up warriors they are struggling to uh, like capture the crowd but then again i would like as i said earlier like we are they're uh, still 10 years behind in uh, women's cricket so it would take us some time it's a step in the right direction we should have should have started earlier but then i think we are heading towards some something really nice i think adding a few teams would uh, make it much more exciting so who is the team that most impressed you what what's the one you like the most to watch i think uh, has to be the mumbai side like i just can't stand mumbai I can't stand Mumbai franchise. Me neither like I I can but then like you have to admit like in this uh, that their fourth franchise mind you mm. they have done uh, something really nice. And a fun fact for you though as you mentioned the SA20 mm. it turns out that Timber Bavuma now has more domestic T20 titles than uh, Virat Kohli. Honestly uh, I got lambasted for this. But like Temba Bavuma, <laughs> I think is a good player. Jesse does not, but I do. I think he is a wonderful, wonderful batsman and a superb fielder. Uh, obviously, he's not like 
the past greats of South Africa, but n- none of them are. I'm a big fan of Temba. Anyway, yes, okay, Mumbai, they do look good. Uh, so too does Delhi, I believe. Uh, I know Mumbai beat them a couple of days ago, but them, they too, the two teams that seem the strongest. Am I right in saying that, Delhi and Mumbai? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by, by a country mile, that is. Yeah. Yeah, so Mumbai have uh, Natsiva Brunt, who I think could well be the best uh, women's cricketer at the moment, all round. Uh, uh, she's she's superb. They have Core and a number of other brilliant players. I know uh, Delhi have Meg Lanning, who I think has the most runs in the comp so far. Um, Meg Lanning, yeah. Marzankap, I think. Marzankap, yeah. yeah. Who, she's a superb player. And again, a, a number, a number more. I, I think it's brilliant, and and these names are going to become more and more frequently heard by cricket lovers all around the world, and I think that's only a good thing to see the women women's game being promoted like this. Uh, and I'm all for it. I think that probably brings us to the end of this episode, Ash. I know we say this uh, a few times, but we really are going to try and get a bit more on this, especially you know with our new. New listenership, we we need to become a bit more accountable and we will be that for you. We shall be coming out more regular with these episodes. Please keep listening and going to our social media and giving us messages. We really appreciate it. Uh, do we have a poll for the people, Ash? I do, and this time I have a poll that could potentially guide our next episode. Okay. So my, my poll this time consists of... a. Of a very open-ended question, which is uh, regarding what sort of uh, cricketing exploits you would want us to discuss in our next episode. Okay. I would love to have our listeners come up with uh, their inputs on uh, what they would want to hear from us in the episode or episodes to come. Okay. And then we shall duly oblige. All righty there. You've heard it from Ash from the big man himself. I think that's it. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Ash, it's been great to talk to you. It's been far too long. He's been suffering, guys. In 30 degree heat, I made him turn off all his fans. He's melting away. There's, he's a shadow of his former self. Any Anything else left to say, Ash? Well, uh, we shall come back soon. And hopefully, by the time we are back next time, we would all be suffering from the IPL fever. It's about to start. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the festival of cricket in India. And we are having some uh, games in all parts of India and hopefully Jaipur as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we've been accused on this uh, podcast of being an IPL podcast. And I tell you what, for the next couple months, that is most likely what we will be. Uh, okay, Ash, great talking to you and I'll speak to you soon. Au revoir. It was a lovely episode, lovely stuff, mate, and hope you have a good time.